blue ribbons are for winners. Never settle for red. So, you know those movies um, from those times that happen when uh, your friend texts you on, like, a Friday night, you kind of just want to stay in. They're like, okay, come over. So they come over, and you pull up, like, Netflix, Hulu, what have you. Mm -hmm. And you want to watch a horror movie. So you're searching through the horror movies, trying to see what you want to watch. Halloween... No, not in the mood. Poltergeist, nah, not really in the mood. Mm-hmm. Made in Manhattan, no. Too scary. But then you come across a movie that you haven't seen before, and it looks really, really bad. But you're kind of just in the mood for something, you know, some real low-hanging fruit, basic horror movie that you know exactly what's going to happen but you're going to have absolute total fun so you put it on and you just laugh and you have a great time and it ends up being like a movie kind of inside joke movie of your friend group for like years and years you know that kind of movie i do this is not that kind of movie no it's not this is just terrible this is awful you will not have fun with this this is also two hours long i could not believe this is two hours long because when i stopped it at the end i was like i could probably only think of about three things to talk about to this but we're a podcast we're horror hags so we had to move all our notes together and combine them and see what we could talk about but truly this movie was a mistake we, of course, are talking about the movie, I Know What Killed My Career. Also known as, I Know Who Killed Me. From 2007, featuring the very infamous one Lindsay Lohan. Lauren, how do you, how do you feel about Lindsay Lohan? Um, okay, I'm a big fan of twin movies and okay. twin things. So I always liked Lindsay Lohan because she did that was the first thing I ever saw her was the parent trap. Right. And I'm gonna say, and I'm ready to start a fight, okay? I was team Lilo and not team H Duff. <sighs> because I like Hillary Duff a lot. She's a fucking queen. She gave her boyfriend head on a balcony. I'm all about it. But Lindsay Lohan was bigger she was undisputed kind of the baddest bitch and she had like red hair and she was like exotic right so let's let's go back back in time it's the mid-2000s i mean she was a star who had i mean the parent trap she got a little older it was like get a clue uh life size Mm -hmm. then you had the heavy hitters like freaky friday Mean Girls, like she Herbie was... Herbie Fully Loaded? Herbie Fully Loaded. That was like, uh, I think right before this, or just like a year or two yeah. before this. But she was the it girl, like of that time, truly. 
Like, if you were having some kind of, you know, teen movie... Confessions of a Teenage oh, Drama Queen? Yes! Absolutely. Yes. She was that girl. And I'll, I'll be the one to say it. I absolutely love Lindsay Lohan's music. I uh, love her two albums. The first one with Rumors, of course, is a classic. And then her second album, a little more personal role. It had Confessions, Daughter to Father. It was about like oh, the whole situation with her dad and everything. It was very heartbreaking. That, that album got me through high school. Well, yes. And see, what you're going to come to find out is that Dylan's a music junkie and I'm a TV junkie. And we both blossomed with those interests about the same time, her family had a reality show called Living Lohan on oh the God. E! Network. I forgot about it that. It was about her younger sister, like, trying to break out in the music industry. Dina, her mom, is a nut. Michael, she, her father, is a nut. She, she was a momager, right? Yeah, like she was a momager. Mom, yeah. And I think that, like, Lindsay was never actually on the show, but I think she called her sister once. <laughs> and it was, like, like on the, she's, like, on the phone, and, like, the camera flashes to the phone, and it says, like, Lindsay Lohan on the phone. Um... It was an excellent TV show. So, yes, I grew up very much with Lindsay Lohan as a person, as an influence, as a a star in my life. Get a clue, by the way. I just have to say this. Even, like, for a Disney Channel original movie, a DCOM, if you will, Get a Clue is an excellent mystery movie. Excellent. Excellent. Mr. Sheffield from The Nanny is in it. It's Mm -hmm. excellent. Excellent, excellent. That was excellent. This This is is not. (laughs) So, kind of giving a little more uh, precedent leading up to this movie. So, as we said before, she had a huge slew of really popular teen movies. And kind of around this time, a little before this time, she was kind of branching out into kind of more adult movies. She did that movie, uh, Bobby, uh, which... Also got terrible reviews. Well, also, I think that um, once in a, or maybe once or twice in a Disney star's life, Mm -hmm. they either go the Lindsay Lohan, Miley Cyrus, Demi Lovato, Bella Thorne, like that route where they have their real crazy period and maybe there's some drug use. There's definitely lots of like nakedness. Mm-hmm. There's definitely lots of provo- like being provocative. There's lots of like sex. Yeah. And then you've got people like Zendaya and Hilary Duff and um, Emily Osment that didn't sure. do tr- that didn't do drugs well, and didn't have a sex tape or anything like that. So, so referencing all of that, this was 2007. So this was very like the peak of Lindsay Lohan mm-hmm. as the kind of celebrity gossip. Yeah. yeah. TMZ paparazzi star. This was her 2008 Britney before 2008 yeah. Britney. Well, she was, she was cavorting around with Paris mm-hmm. and Britney. Everyone knows that famous photo of them all in Paris's car. Me. That's, all, that, that's me right. leaving, leaving the bars. And the, but the thing was though, like Paris and Britney were kind of like more closer to their late twenties when this mm-hmm. was happening. She was still a baby. Yeah. Like she was still, she was like, like she was 19. a teen when mean yeah. girls came out. So I think she was just still in her very early twenties. And I, I feel like that whole time is a real ca- cautionary tale 
because I do feel bad about, I mean, imagine your childhood star and you were just grown up around this uh, land of Hollywood and fame and you can get whatever you want and you just like... But and your parents at, are crazy and right, your parents are and crazy you and you can awful. never go you can never go to like the supermarket anymore you can't mm-hmm. have a real like childhood everything you do is like in the spotlight i mean it's it's no wonder that a lot of these stars you know turn to to drugs mm-hmm. uh what have you and it was just very unfortunate because Lindsay lohan was such a bright star. I mean, she still is. I mean, she obviously still does stuff, but I think it, it's kind of tragic thinking about how much that really took a toll on her. And I, I think you could just notice for how long that she struggled with, you know, this kind of persona and, uh, uh, you know, like drug use and stuff like that. And it's so, I guess maybe like what you were saying, like, because like Rachel McAdams, Amanda Seyfried, like, a lot of the people in Mean Girls that, like, were her peers were mm-hmm. much older than her in real right. life. Because I think Rachel McAdams was, like, 25. Yeah, she, she was Regina. only, I think, like, five years younger than um, Amy Poehler, yeah. who was playing her mom. So, exactly. So, like, with that kind of stuff, like, not only, let me transport you back to, like, 2003 to 2006. Right. Like, imagine being our age and it's appropriate to wear low-rise jeans and have a Playboy bunny purse. Like, Mm. culture has changed so much in the last 20 years that, like, you know, um, I just can't even put enough emphasis on, like, those formative years. And I watched my sister do it. My sister graduated high school in 2009, and watching her be that age at that time, Mm -hmm. it was kind of like, like... There were questionable decisions made for what people could and couldn't do. And, like, I truly think that... Because, like, when a celebrity's nudes are released now, it's like, we shame the person that released the nudes. Yeah. And we are very much, like, um... Everyone part, sends nudes yes, now. Yes, everyone sends nudes now. <laughs> but, like, if... I mean, Kim Kardashian built an empire... On having sex with Ray J. And right. no one knows who so Ray Paris. J is. So did Paris. Paris had sex with some guy. I don't even know who he was. And they built empires on that. And could you imagine that being the norm? That being the norm of how of how people act. Of how right. the, your peers, your friends, that's how they act. They get... I'm going to go all pink 2007 stupid girls right now. Oh, no. We love a, a slut-shaming bop. It is a slut-shaming bop. But, <laughs> like... That was the norm. So mm-hmm. Lindsay may have felt left out that all her older friends were doing meth and crack and making sex tapes and marrying Kevin Federline. Because that's what her friends were doing. Yeah. like I mean, that was the norm, you know? That's what got you all the attention and everything. And, you know, I'm sure in a, a life like that, it's you have a very warped sense of reality yeah. and what, you know... I mean, it's very different than growing up as, like, a a regular 19-year-old or teenager, you know, yeah. being able to have all those those mistakes in private. Yeah. You know, like, like, a lot of times around that time, you know, even just you couldn't even go out and get drunk with your friends and, like, stumble into a car without it being such a huge thing. And I'm like, who has not done that? Like, why are we... Someone, someone sitting in this basement broke a table... 
at a gay bar on their 21st birthday. And it wasn't me. I'm looking around at everyone at this table trying to figure this out. It wasn't the Shania Twain Funko Pop. So who, I guess it was Dylan. I don't know. Moving on. But like, could you imagine like, I got, I'm pretty sure I don't get those rumors started. I either got roofied or alcohol poisoning like two years ago at a bar in downtown Cincinnati. And either way, like I, I have Snapchat videos of that night and I wouldn't want that to be plastered everywhere. But we're, this should just be its own podcast about us talking about the downfall of Lindsay Lohan. Well, I mean, I feel like it's relevant it is, because this is this was kind of the uh, in the middle of that tumble, and I think that this movie I, didn't make a lot of sense because the filming wasn't completed entirely because the paparazzi would break onto the set and shit. Yeah, so th- that's the thing with this movie is that it was filmed while she was in and out in rehab so she could only film at certain times and she could not even go to her trailer without the paparazzi swarming her um they say even in like parts of the movie in the background you can see like paparazzi and the shots because they're just everywhere mm-hmm. for Lindsay at this time like i remember being in middle school and just seeing all this go down this was a very crazy time yeah um but i do think i mean Let's let me look at her filmography here. So she she had that slew of uh, teen movies. She did like Bobby, Georgia Rule. Oh, I um, love Georgia Rule. Yeah, that was a good one. That's a great one. And then she did this one, and it was kind of like really downhill from there. I mean, remember that Liz and Dick movie she did as, as Elizabeth Taylor? I think it was oh my might have been a lifetime. Abysmal. Yeah. I've never seen it, but No, I've, I've seen it. it. I watched it with it? my with my mom and my sister. I'm yeah. so sorry to hear that. See, here's the thing. She wouldn't have been a bad Liz if she was a good Liz. So okay. <laughs> Does that make sense? I don't want to She had the look, I'll say that. I don't want to seem shady because I really do love Lindsay Lohan. I love what she's done for me. I want Lindsay Lohan to punch me in the face. But I, I need to ask an honest question. Okay. Do you think she's a good actress? Honestly. I think she's... Have you um... walked away from something thinking, wow, Lindsay Lohan did a great job in that? Like, do you walk away yes. from Mean Girls thinking she was great in Mean Girls? Or was it like, oh... Regina George, Janice Ian, I walk those away are the characters. From Pinky Friday, thinking, "Oh my god, okay, that was so funny. Tea. She did such a good job tea. as Jamie Lee Curtis." But I think when you have one of the best actresses of all time, Jamie Lee Curtis, teaching you how to act, and I liked her in Georgia Rule, but she also had a bunch of famous, yeah. wonderful actresses in that. I, I haven't seen Georgia Rule. It's, it's good. good. We should watch it. Okay, we, we should watch it. But. but um, I, I think it's a said, but um, at the same time, I fucking hate us. But I mean, I think it's a combination of like you're kind of as strong as the the script and the directing that you're given, and I don't think she was given very good stuff. Also, after I think this. that um, so like they say that like Robert De Niro can play any role, right? He like can change, and then you people like Dwayne the Cock Johnson, who is amazing, but he's typecast. Usually, he's the big, buff, like, army dude, or the dude that's going to save the world, or the dude that's going to do this, or this, or this. Um, and I think that she plays her type 
Or she did. When she was yeah, a teen. Yeah, I think she was good at playing her type. She cast. played her type very well. So, like, usually she was the mild outcast, but not too out there. She was usually, like, sweet at heart, like a nice person. Mm-hmm. And I think we see that, like, in The Parent Trap. I think we see that in Life Size. I think we see that in Get a Clue. Confessions of a Teenage Drama Queen, Mean Girls. That's all kind of the same character over and over yeah. again. So like it's kind of like with little inflictions. Like she was kind of like a, 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 you know, like bratty girl in Freaky Friday. She was like really yeah. kind of like uppity in Confessions of a so Teenage like, Drama Queen. They always have, she's never the loner. So like in The Parent Trap, um, you know, Annie has her little friends. Hallie has her little friends. But it's not about them. It's about their family. So mm-hmm. they had Natasha Richardson and um, Dennis Quaid to, like, play off of. Right. And then the butler and the nanny. That's just such a cute movie. And then we get into Life Size, where she's got a trauma. Her mom's dead. And so she's friends with the kid who plays football with her. Mm-hmm. And, like, and then Tyra Banks is her friend. And then get a clue. Like, she's got, like, her little group of friends, but she's, like, really driven. So, like, she always has a very specific hobby. Do you notice that? Like, in Life Size, it's football. Yeah. And get a clue, it's journalism. And Confessions of a Teenage Drama Queen, mm-hmm. it's being on stage. And Mean Girl, it's being a mean girl. Like, she always has a very specific... <laughs> the concept and yet very, for Mean Girls is Mean Girls. Yes, yeah, so it's being a mean girl. Uh, she always has a very specific typecast for the nerdy but not too nerdy girl yeah yeah i feel that too so i don't know how that translates to being an adult actress but liz and dick surely didn't right so enough about this dissertation of 2000s Lindsay lohan let's go ahead and get into this movie let's do it so i know who killed me came out in 2007 uh and just i was 11 Oh my god. Just just a very brief plot summary of this movie. So it features this girl named Aubrey <laughs> Fleming, uh, who is in high school. We'll talk about it. Um, but she, uh, there's this killer on the loose who's uh, killing and amputating girls. And she gets kidnapped after a football game. And uh, someone finds her on the side of the road. They take her back to the hospital. She wakes up and she says, who's Aubrey Fleming? My name's Dakota Moss. And so the kind of whole rest (laughs) of this movie unfolds where she claims that she's this other girl. And you don't know if there actually are two Lindsay Lohans or just like like a personality disorder or something. But that's, that's kind of the setup for the movie. It's an interesting concept. If, If you were to read this on paper, I think it would be... Interesting. If this was a book, like, if this was, like, a young adult book I read in, like, high school, I would have been, like... Right. Like, my mind would have been blown. So, going into uh, the kind of stats for this movie, um, <laughs> it was a flop, to say the least. The this is, budget, like, a Detroit Lions movie. That's not very good. The budget was $12 million. It made $9.7 million. Um, let me see. It was nominated for nine Golden Raspberry Awards and won eight. With, oh my uh, God. Jesus Christ! Winning worst picture, worst director, worst screenplay, worst excuse for a horror movie, and worst ripoff of Hostel Saw and the Patty Duke story, setting a record for most awards won in a single year until Jack and Jill came out. Um, 
And Lohan tied with herself to win Worst Actress, and also won Worst Screen Couple for both characters she portrayed. So, wow. it, it holds a 9% on Rotten Tomatoes. There's a bunch of people who have it on their worst movie of 2007 lists. Like, this movie is... It's it's infamously infamous yeah. for being bad. I mean, I, I feel like it's not a movie that people really talk ab- about much anymore. Like, you kind of... Unless you know Lindsay Lohan, you don't really know about this movie. Because mm-hmm. I feel like there's movies in, this, in the past who were like, this movie is really bad. Like... This is, it is not like on like Mariah Carey's glitter level of like famously terrible. <laughs> it also wasn't released like the day after 9 11. Like, <laughs> glitter was. <laughs> What's is no. it, Wasn't it released the week 9 11 happened? Like the Friday after? I'm pretty sure it did. 9 11 was a That's Tuesday, a, so was that, that released? That like... wasn't Mariah's fault. Let's not go into <laughs> it. We'll talk about other horror movies and glitter in the future. But needless to say, this movie was a bomb. And it very much uh, set the path she would go on with her future acting career. For the next 13 years. So we're going to take a brief break. And we're going to do a deep dive into this movie. And we're back. Now, uh, I forgot to add a thing where if I was going to recommend this movie or not, uh, needless to say, I'm not. Uh, You don't have to watch this. I'd actually recommend if you watch the two-minute trailer on YouTube because it's much more entertaining. But that being said, we're just going to give a more spoilery plot summary of the movie. I would recommend it. Yeah. You didn't ask me. So, can you explain what happens in this movie? No, but I would I would recommend it because I'm an Aries and I don't like to be miserable alone. So, all of you need to please watch it. Okay. So, basically, in this movie, just to give a more in-depth Wait a second. Summary. I'm sorry. I just got a news update on my phone. Sewage being tested in Cincinnati to determine presence of COVID-19 in our toilets. Thank you, WLWT. Well, if we die before this is released, I hope this is played at our funeral. If your dick touches the toilet water, you can give your girlfriend Karuna or your boyfriend. Anyway, so I know who killed me. As we said before, uh, it starts out with this uh, girl named Aubrey Fleming, um, who is going to school somewhere. And, okay. Okay. Gonna, we'll go. We'll get okay, into this. Okay. Okay. But um, <laughs> I'm ready she, to fight. She goes to a football game, <clears throat> and she is kidnapped by a killer on the loose. Uh, she's gone. Uh, she's tortured. Uh, she has limbs removed, amputated, uh, and then somebody finds her on the side of the road. Uh, and she wakes up in the hospital saying she's not Aubrey Fleming, she's Dakota Moss. And so basically the rest of the movie, we're kind of thinking, well, is she actually this other girl? Or is she just create this like alternate personality to deal with the trauma? We don't know. Uh, turns out she's not lying. She has her whole 
own life and backstory is Dakota Moss, who's this stripper from a crackhead mom trying to make her way in the world. And she is stigmatic twins with Aubrey Fleming so they can feel each other's pain. Anyway, the killer ends up being Aubrey Fleming's piano teacher for some reason. And she uh, kills him off and she lies peacefully on the ground as her and her estranged sister are now safe. So basically this movie is a uh, dark mode parent trap. Uh, ex- uh, a continuation of the story, an alternate reality of the parent trap if they didn't meet up at that camp. Uh, so basically that's the movie for you. I saved you two hours of your life. So we're going to kind of go in to some specifics that really stood out to us in this movie. So I want to say first, the movie began with this pole dancing scene. And it was the, okay. So like, you know, people say that Cardi B did such a good, like such a good job in Hustlers because she had been an exotic dancer. Mm hmm. Uh, Lindsay Lohan must be a chicken wrangler in her spare time because that's what it looked like when she was on the pole. And she was dancing to like a spoken word. I think it's a Bob Dylan song. To, like, oh, yeah. Sp- the soundtrack of this movie is also jarring. Wild. <laughs> Wild. Um, they and put Spotify on shuffle and said go. So I'm just going to say this and I'm not shaming anybody. Okay. Okay. I just need everyone to keep that in mind, not come for me. Because I love a redhead. I love freckles. I am freckly. Dylan is freckly. My boyfriend is freckly. This bitch, they dye her hair like jet black. Like, it's black. But anytime that she is nude or semi-nude, she's so covered in fucking freckles. And you can tell she's a ginger. And it looks fake as fuck. She just... She just needs to wear some sunscreen. It's okay. I mean, like, a lot of redhead people just, like, have freckles. Like, it happens over time. I'm very fucking freckly. I'm very pale. But, like, just the, like, the jet black, like, I don't don't even know what to compare it to. Like, Elvira black hair and her freckles and her terribly dyed eyebrows. I'm not feeling it. Just had to throw that in there, because I'm going to be thinking about it for the next five years. Okay, well, as a person with freckles, I was very offended by that. Don't be offended! Um, I love freckles. I have freckles! Anyway, Lindsay Lohan trained for months on this pole dancing scene. Did she really? I'm pretty sure. Maybe it wasn't months, but she trained for a while. She trained for day. (laughs) She is fan. She kind of set the precedent for, like... Uh, a lot of, like, pole dancing kind of, like, culture moments that came after this. Like, Britney was definitely taking notes for Give Me More. <laughs> I mean... Are you having a stroke? Are you being serious? Are you being she, serious? She did it before the other girls, I'm just saying. Um, but, yeah, that's how the movie started. There's, like, there's some blood that trickles down on this pole. It's trying to be kind of artsy... But so I think that a major problem with this movie is the title. The title's like a tongue twister. Yeah. It's confusing. So when it comes, I'm not even joking. I'm like, I knew what the movie was called, but at the end of the the stripper scene, yeah. when the title card comes up, I didn't read it right, and I got jumbled because like I killed you know, Nomi. 
Exactly. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And because you know how like your brain will like put words or like letters together that it thinks goes together without actually. Yes, I know what reading. dyslexia is. No, that's not what I mean. Oh my god. <laughs> Like, your brain, like, naturally, like, will put, like, letters together that it thinks goes together. So, when I saw I Know Who Killed Me, it was, I Know You Killed Me. That's what I read. It has right. a, I know your what brain auto-corrected called. it for yes. them? Here's and what you so, I think that, that the name of the movie is 17%. It's, it's 17% of its problem. <laughs> it docked it 17% from its Rotten Tomatoes score alone. Yes. So, we're going to bring it back up to a ripe 26 so, we're going to bring up a heated argument that we had. So, when I say, I'm not exaggerating, that halfway through this movie, 50 minutes in this movie, Lauren and I had been arguing about whether or not Aubrey was in high school or in college. And we didn't we didn't decide... We didn't come to a conclusion until 50 minutes did. in. <laughs> I definitely did. But, so... Okay, do you want me to give you my... Why she's Okay, in, give, give, okay. say your piece. Okay, so, first of all, she's in high school because college football is played on Saturday mornings and afternoons. Okay. College fo- or High school football is played at night. She gets kidnapped at night. She's dating a football player, and he, like is very clearly, like, a high school football player. Because if he was D1, he would have practice more. Number three, she's a virgin, or is pretending to be a virgin for this guy. And that's just, like, a trope that, like, people have sex in college. Or or stay a virgin in high school. Uh, She takes English class, and English class only has, like, 20 people in it. And she uh, takes a biology class in the same day, and they're looking. She's a double major. No, they're not. No, she's not. She wants to be a writer, and they're looking at tapeworms, and that's kind of shit you dissect in high school biology because they dissect like human babies in college biology. And she lives with her parents. I mean, I agree with all that. I just initially saw this, and I thought at first that. She was the one pole dancing and like Well then these... we find out that later well, that whoever the stripper is yeah. has a fake ID. So I think she's supposed to be like seventeen yeah. and I think this is like no, I agree. the fall of her senior year. It just took me a while to kind of figure out what was going on. These classrooms look like college classrooms. They do. They, I, I, that is one thing you can't deny. I don't know where they filmed this, but it does not give you a high school feel. I don't know. I could have just used some more, you know. She's in high school isms because it was a little, it was a little unclear for me until you know I really put the pieces together and was like, okay. But so poor Aubrey's in high school. She gets taken away. Yada yada. Uh, so there's a scene when she's coming back <laughs> where we're she, introduced she's home from school. <laughs> she's on her way home from school. Yeah, and she pulls in her driveway, and there's some hunky 2007 hot man who's like doing yard work for her family and guys listeners viewers he has giant tattoos all around his nipples it was just one nipple no it was both it it was matching ones and she kind of gives him like the fuck me eyes and he kind of gives her like the fuck me eyes 
And then she like is like straddling inside with her low rise jeans and her thong. And she goes inside. We never see Tattoo Guy again. I thought he was the murderer the entire movie. Yeah. He's not. I was like, oh, this is going to be a very prominent yeah. character. They're showing something very specific about yeah. him. He's going to come back late. No. I thought that because she's not having sex with her boyfriend who played, who's like the quarterback. I thought she was fucking this guy instead. Right. Which would have made this movie about... 500 times more interesting if she had been fucking somebody. (laughs) Well, (laughs) goddamn. Let's just try it again. So poor tattoo nipple guy doesn't come back. Um, Throughout the movie, we are treated to (laughs) a lot of very artistic uh, blue shots, blue hued shots in the movie. But only because like, because Aubrey's like, the good twin and Dakota's like the bad twin. Everything about Aubrey is blue. She's got a blue car. <laughs> She's got a blue. She her boyfriend gets her a blue rose. Do are blue roses like natural? Can you like? No. I think that like you can get like if you you can dye a flower any color. You probably have to dye right. white roses blue because that's how you get. That's a lot like, of emotion for save. That's yeah, a lot of emotion is. for a high school relationship. It is. But he's trying to. Drown in that puss. Like, he's trying to, like, get it. That's true. I mean, what else is he going to do? And then we see when Aubrey is taken, there are, like, some... Those weird American Horror Story, like, sideways shots of, like, blue hues around everywhere. The killer is using, like, these blue fucking Lord of the Rings elven tools to cut her limbs off with it was very jarring i sometimes i was like you know we, we didn't need to go this hard you know like, how we got like alb and whisperland we love you and we love you so much we listen to you every night that's an asm artist She's, she also has one called alb in wonderland that's like her like health and beauty channel and then she has my days of my of our wives and that's her and her wife's um like channel plug i love you and you know how everything in her house is pink like, she's got a pink, like, pink, pink, pink. Like, everything in her home is pink. Right. Her hair is pink. Her dresses are pink. Everything's pink. I understand having an aesthetic. Like, I love black. Black floral is my thing. Everything I own is black floral. I'm wearing black floral shoes right now. So you'd rather this movie be in all blue all the time? No, but I, I understand what the director was trying to do. I just think he did it very poorly because it looks like he's using a cake server to cut off her arm. That's what it looks like. It's like this like like this like triangled thing. And also, um, where did you get like the glass that they use to break into Mordor? Like I don't understand. What is this Zelda bullshit? Fucking for real. So I understand the color scheme. I just don't think that he did it correctly because blue and red are just so on the nose. It's so... Yeah, it was just very... You didn't have to... We got it. Like, you didn't have to do that much. Yeah. But anyway, we're treated to some amputation scenes. What do you think of these amputation scenes? Are you you a fan of, like, goriness in horror movies? Uh, I'm not necessarily a fan, but it doesn't bother me. Right. Um... And the best amputation scene of all time in any movie is Saw. Like, that's True. the truth. Is when he well, has to cut off his own this foot. This is taking notes from that, for sure. Yeah. Um, I did I did kind of uh, squirm at the part where he's putting, like, those ice blocks on her. And he takes it off and it's, like, peeling her skin off with it. That was pretty good. That was, that was yeah. pretty grody. See, like, doing um, 
gore. It's hard to fuck it up because the more fucked up and the messier it looks, right. the better it looks. Well, I mean, it's the more realistic it looks too. Like yeah. if you're using that like uh, uh, painter's red blood from like they used in the 70s and stuff, you yeah. know, that kind of doesn't hold up now. And like the gore is most of what I remember about this film where I, where I was like, oh, this isn't, this is more like what I, what I wanted to see when I decided to sit down and watch a scary movie. Right. So we have those scenes. How did you feel about this whole storyline of like, are they twins? Is she having like a multiple personality disorder? What were your thoughts? <sighs> That was my thought. <laughs> that was the only... No. Um, <clears throat> so, I do think it's very, very funny or interesting or ironic that she got her start in a twin movie and this is like supposed to be like right. her introduction to adulthood of acting it's in a twin movie. It's the addition to the, the pair trap. Yeah. Um, so I think that that's funny. Also, it feeds into the conspiracy that Lindsay Lohan always had a twin that died in a car wreck in nineteen <laughs> like ninety seven before the Parent Trap was released. Anyway, um, I yeah, don't know. like I I find uh, like multiple personality stuff really interesting. I was a huge fan of United States oh of Terror, yes. but I feel like I mean, there's this thing in horror movies that they can easily kind of exploit these illnesses that people have just to kind of like like split yeah as like a kind of like a a punchline or like something just to be scary or whatever but i think it's interesting if like somebody really goes into the psychology of it like oh like people create these multiple personalities to deal with really deep trauma because they can't face it on their own mm-hmm. which would have made yeah. sense if she was and dakota all the all the time yeah but she was Aubrey and like also multiple personalities take can take years to develop right. like years of abuse, years of sexual or violent or, you know, psychological trauma. And I'm y'all can the, the Twitter psychologist can come for me, but I don't think that a single event like this could immediately cause mm-hmm. a multiple personality. But this is a movie. So we're going to suspend our disbelief a little bit. That being yeah, said, I, I think that a lot of this is fucked up. So, like, we'll get to, when we talk about a later scene, we'll get to why I think it's so fucked up. But I I feel like this movie did have potential to really go into the psychology of multiple personality pretty well. I mean, they kind of touch on it saying, you know, this is someone that she just created to deal with the trauma and everything. That would require a lot of research on the writer and the director's parts. And I don't think that they were prepared to take on that. So they just just took the easy way out. They took the easy way out. They didn't really go into it like they could have. And of course we find out at the end, it wasn't even that in in the first place. It Mm -hmm. was that they were, Twins all on, separated at birth, so... Yeah. And let me just tell you something. I'm pretty sure that stigmatic twins is something that they made up. I don't yeah, think it's, so like, a real psychological this, term. There was this whole thing about stigmatic twins to where... I mean, this kind of, like, she thing got that on people ass. say... Where, com. Yeah, we're, like... Uh, 
you know, your twin is hurt and you can feel the same thing. They literally have moments to where like, oh, this one guy was shot in the neck and his brother in jail started bleeding from the neck and everything. Like, and that's not a thing. There is <laughs> <But> a <laughs> uh, really interesting, like, pair of twins called the Silent Twins. And they were like one brain like they very much had like hive mind mentality like they you should if if anybody hasn't heard the story of the silent twins um ashley flowers does a podcast called supernatural she does a great one um there's a lot of really really good information out there about the silent twins but they basically had like a hive mind so like if one of them broke their leg the other one would have a bruised leg so like it's not uncommon or unheard of that like if one twin lives in arkansas and one twin lives in kansas that one of them, you know, has a headache, the other one's head hurts too. Or mm-hmm. one of them has a heart attack and the other one feels chest pains. That's just one of those, like, since, like, the medieval times, like, that's just one of those unexplained phenomena of the universe. That we should probably just be like, yeah, it happens, oh well. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's never in the history of the world been anybody who got their arm cut off and then their twin sister's fucking hand fell off during her stripper set and she had to sew it back on. That never happens. Right. So that was like a little bit like, come on. Like, come on. Like, not only did... I think it would have been more believable. I think it would have been a better story if they had found Dakota not with her limbs cut off. But if they had found her with, like, bruising on her limbs, or, like, maybe she's missing her finger, or, like, her, like, limbs are, like, deteriorating. But the fact that they find her in that embankment with all of her limbs cut off, just like how Aubrey got her limbs cut off, it felt very cheap and very, like... Mm-hmm. I thought this was going to be more of a mystery, and I thought it was going to... I'll be honest, I thought it was about time travel. I thought that she was going to be able, like, psychic Ooh. and be able to, like, to see... What right. was happening to her, like astral projecting? I don't know. It was some stupid ass, buck ass right. twin shit. Right. That's very my, that. my spiel. <laughs> no, I completely agree. I, I feel like this movie. It, it's so frustrating because this is one that could have had really, like, uh, a, a lot of potential to where you know maybe she like is so convincing in creating this twin that people finally believe it. But at the end it, it ends up that she is just having like multiple like the personalities. Uninvited. Like I know that we kind of make fun of the uninvited cause it was the first movie we ever saw together, <laughs> but you can't tell me you weren't shook when Alex was dead at the end of that movie, when the big sister was dead because she made her up in her brain mm-hmm. or like at the end of this. Okay. A better example is the sixth sense right, when Bruce was, Willis was yeah. dead the whole time. So like they could have done it where like the final scene is like, Aubrey's dead by herself or like Aubrey, like cutting off somebody else's limb. They could have absolutely done that. And it could have absolutely been like an okay. Maybe she did it to herself. Maybe she did it to herself. They could have taken this a million ways. I just feel like the secret twin is like very, um, days of our lives. I feel like it's very like played out. It's very like soap opera. We don't care about twins. Yeah. Twins are like, they're old school. There is a scene. Uh, that stood out to us. Before we get to that. What? So, Aubrey slash Dakota. Dakota, when she's in the hospital, Crab Man from My Name is Earl 
fits her with a new arm and a new leg that she has to charge. Could you imagine walking out the door and being like, is my phone charged? Is my Apple Watch charged? My AirPods? My arm? My leg? And so during this scene that Dylan is about to describe, I just want you to remember that there's an amputated leg charging in the corner. And she is doing this whole scene on a leg. Just one. Exactly. So the scene in question is when um, uh, Dakota is taken back uh, with Aubrey's parents to Aubrey's house. Um, Aubrey's boyfriend comes to see her and, you know, tries to shake her out of this personality alter that she's created. And she's like, dude, my name's Dakota. Like, I'm sorry about your girlfriend or whatever. Well, anyway, they end up having sex um in aubrey's room just like fully smashing which like i mean good for them but it is juxtaposed with these scenes of like the mom in the kitchen right underneath her room and she's like aggressively cleaning the kitchen sink to like rid this from her mind and she's like trying to you know what would help rid rid it from her mind if she wasn't standing beneath them scrubbing the kitchen sink and if she went outside she could go to another room like i don't know what is going on here she is listening to this girl who might be her daughter getting her cakes smashed in the room above her it is very jarring it is like a comedy (laughs) part in this movie that (laughs) you could have put the like to music to the back and it would have made more sense because it wasn't sexy yeah but of course this is one of those scenes that stood out to me in the movie for some reason uh but it was just very jarring and her leg is charging in the background so there you go with that fast forward in the movie we find out they were separated at birth her mom didn't so no this is the most fucked up part this is what i want to talk about so dakota goes to the mom and she's like look i know that i'm not your daughter and the mom shows her an ultrasound she's like no this is you you're in there by yourself then she goes to the dad and she's like i know that i'm a twin And he was like, when were you going to tell your wife? And here's the fucking plot twist, folks. The mom, the baby that was on the ultrasound, was a stillborn. So he went down the hall and bought Aubrey from the crackhead that gave birth to Dakota and Aubrey. And then replaced it. It's like when, you know, like when you're little and your goldfish dies or your hamster dies, your mom (laughs) just replaces it with one that looks just like it. That's what he did. Literally. <laughs> so that it would be the same birthday, which, I mean, it's kind of genius. But could you imagine finding a... Would you want to... Um, question. Would you want to buy the baby from the woman who was on heroin who gave birth to the baby? How does that work? Like, did he just walk into the room and be like, hey, can I have your baby? Oh, listen, I need a huge favor from you, man. Yeah. Did he just... How did he <laughs> pick... Baby how did he quick. pick the babies? Did he eeny, meeny, miny, mow it? Right. He just picked up the first one. She was just like, uh, you can have the other one. Yeah. Like, so that's, I think that's She was that, probably giving them both away, but he was like, no, that would look weird. That's the scary, the, the gaslighting and the line that this father has done to this mother for the last just, 18 years. That is the scariest part of this movie. Fuck, like, fuck your stigmatic twins. The work that you'd have to put in for this. Like, my God. Also, like, the only reason that Dakota ended up coming to the town where Aubrey was was because there was $11 left of the money that 
the dad had given the crackhead mom, um, and she saw a post stamp. And then by the time that she got there, she had no arm or no leg. <sighs> okay. So then, well, um, well, we skipped a major part. There's another dead girl. Or did you say that there was a serial killer that he was cutting off people's? Yeah. Okay. So that turns out that the girl that died at the beginning of the movie and Aubrey had the same piano teacher. So they go to the piano teacher's house. There was nothing preluding. There was nothing no. suggesting that the piano teacher Why? was the murderer. Also, I would get it. Here, here's another thing they could have done to make this better. Whoever directed this needs to call me. I'm going to give you some pointers. If the, he had... Because Jennifer, the girl who died at the beginning, wanted to quit piano. Aubrey wanted to quit piano. It would have made sense if he would just cut off their hands. Because he was mad at them for quitting because they were both very talented. So right. he wanted to take their hands. That would have been, like, dramatic and symbolic. Why the fuck did he take off their legs? You don't need your legs to play piano. Are you going to do that? Don't they have that little, like, foot pedal thing? I mean, they do, but you can do that with one. <laughs> Use your other foot, damn it! Yeah, so, like, that that's another thing. It would have been symbolic, and it would have made a lot of sense if he cut off, like, their fingers or their just their hands. But the fact that he cut off their leg, unless he was eating them, but I, they don't, like, prelude to that at all. That's no. why Jeffrey Dahmer took them off. He ate the leg meat. But, I listened, I, yeah, I listened to a podcast on Jeffrey Dahmer this morning. Fresh on the brain. But anyway, yeah. So it, it that just is didn't make sense. It just, didn't make sense. And also, my favorite part of any mystery or like scary movie is the reveal when like you see all the little things in the movie that happened before, and like everything comes together, and you see all the shit that made sense. Right. This did not happen. He just chases her around the house, and he keeps asking her like, "Why are you alive? How are you alive?" Which. Doesn't make any sense because wouldn't he know that she had escaped because it was on the news? Like there was a whole big thing about it being on the news. Right. And it was news that she was home. Like she was going out and doing stuff. And then the final scene is she finally figures out that he buried her. He, uh, he buried Aubrey. Aubrey. Yeah. Dakota so finds Dakota out that she digs buried her out. Aubrey. And he, yeah. she digs her out and then they lay in the ground next to each other and then the movie ends. Yeah. So the movie just ends. We don't get any closure about any of the other characters or that the fact that her father died and yeah. the mother never the father never is get killed to by see, the serial killer uh, yeah we never get to see the mother's reaction of like actually finding out the truth about her daughter uh it's just overall very jarring i i don't know if you had to think up a way on how this movie would play out and how it would end what would you do i wouldn't make the movie Okay, that's fierce. <laughs> I feel like, in my opinion, I think it would be really interesting if maybe they really played up the fact that like she was this creative writer and she was always making up these other stories. What if for some reason she felt like very like trapped in her life or something? Mm -hmm. So she wanted to do something that would like, I don't know, like bring her attention or give her something to like write about or something and like she creates this like alter ego or something and like what if she just goes crazy yeah. and like she just cuts off like her own limbs this or i don't been know a lot more interesting if it was like jekyll and hyde right or it would have been a lot more interesting if 
anything was explained. So I don't know if you caught this, but I caught it and I tried to Google it and I wasn't, I didn't really find anything. So maybe there's a director's cut out there where like more things make sense. Oh, I hope boy. not. But she says like two or three times in the movie, well, I'm only one of sex so I'm in love with and I'm, I'm going to be 3000 miles away in January. She says that like two or three times and I'm like, is she going to college early or is she going on like a trip or right. like study abroad, prison? Like, I, I don't know where she's going. So that was, there was just a lot of open ends in this movie and there can be open ends. For example, Lost, one of my favorite TV shows of all times. There's a lot of shit that doesn't make sense in Lost and, and like Kyle and I are rewatching it, but because it's really good and they wrap up the main points, you don't so much care about the little things. This whole movie is like one untied knot. Right. The entire thing. Like there's, it's okay if there's not like everything, little thing is wrapped up. Every little thing is this. We see that in American Horror Story all the time. Things are very, very rarely wrapped up in a neat little box. You know what would have been fears? Oh my god, what if um uh what if the killer ended up being Aubrey's father and he eventually found um Dakota and he was like I have to get rid of her because people are going to realize what, what I'd done and everything. So like what if he goes crazy and kidnaps Dakota and is trying to do that to her but um uh Aubrey accidentally stumbles in upon him mm -hmm. and he has to t uh, put her down. But what if he accidentally cut off Aubrey's limbs and then he's like, oh shit, I did this to my own daughter. I'm going to have to do this to like uh, Dakota or something and I'm going to have to like match it up. And then like, I don't know, maybe like uh, he let Dakota go because he's going to act like she was uh, crazy and like didn't know what happened or whatever. Mm -hmm. So they won't suspect me or something. I don't know. I just feel like there's something that like there's, there could have been something there is all yeah. I'm saying. See, like, like there's could have been some more there meat on that been, sandwich. There could have been something there. There A lot of this could have been there. I think that tattoo nipples should have had a much bigger role. Right. Well, it would have added some spice if she was like fucking him instead of her boyfriend. Yeah. Maybe Aubrey did have a bad side that we didn't know about. Yeah. And maybe right. like, or if nipple tattoo like saw her and then went to the strip club where Dakota works and then in the town where Dakota was and was like, I know you like you. And she's right. like, no, you don't like something just to give it some more flavor. There's a lot of like, a lot of things just didn't make sense. Yeah. There was just like all this stuff to where like, uh, like a lot of focus led on like the FBI agents and everything that we never see them again. After and they were a both super point. fucking rude yeah. to Aubrey or slash Dakota who just had a tragedy happen. Right. They were basically like, if you don't tell me who did this to you, I'm going to beat the shit out of you. It's just you get to the end of this movie and you're like, what did I watch? Like I'm, it didn't even try to come together for me. I just. And like, here's the thing. Dylan and I are connoisseurs of bad movies. We love bad movies. We love good movies. But like, we always have fun with bad movies. And the way that I know that I'm, tr I've got really bad, terrible ADHD. Terrible diagnosis. I take medicine for it. And the way that I know that I'm not enjoying something is I keep checking to see how much time is left on it. And you and I are pretty good about that. We usually don't do that unless, like, we have to be somewhere. Mm -hmm. And we check to see how much time was left on this movie, like, four times. <laughs> At least four times. I cannot believe this was two hours. I just can't believe that it was that long. There was no reason. Not that much stuff happened. And, like... 
there's this like meme that it's like horror movies encourage kids to go to the library and research and stuff. And I always think that's so funny because it's true. Because like mm-hmm. they're going to go research the old house or research the monster or whatever. And she got on ask.com. <laughs> she couldn't even Google it. And oh. also, I don't know if Apple was a um, sponsor for this movie, but she has a new like a new iPod shuffle at the time and like a new MacBook and... If they were a sponsor for this movie, I'm Apple, I'm sorry. You made a poor choice. Right. So let's go ahead and get to our outro here. Who is your fan-made final girl of this movie? What are you taking away? My fan-made final girl of this movie is going to be um, only this scene. And it's when Dakota's leg is charging in the corner. And like... It's like, the, it, there's like a light on it. They had to light that scene to make it a point that like, she's fucking on a knee. So right. she must be just acrobatic voodoo pussy. Like she just must have some top tier fucking snatch. Ugh. So that's the, the, the charging leg. Cause I would never, I would forget to charge my leg. My phone is never charged. I would always forget to charge <laughs> oh, my shit. leg. Oh shit. I can't, I can't go to work. I have to charge my leg. Yeah. I forgot to charge my leg last night. Exactly. <sighs> why i could never have an electric car i'd be like i can't sorry i can't drive to the hospital my car isn't charged right well for me not to keep harping on furniture but (laughs) there is a couch that the uh, fleming family owns that it's like what is it like brown and it has these like like, red red, it has like these like gold or something like streaks lightning kind of streaks it was horrible we can post a picture of it on instagram it's hideous it is so disgusting i couldn't look away from it whenever they were sitting on it this is the same couch that like uh like uh dakota and aubrey's mom have that like big heart to heart about Mm -hmm. like when she was born or whatever and i was like i cannot focus on this right now where did you get this couch this is so hideous Mm -hmm. i can't stop thinking about it yeah uh it's pretty fucking bad and i've i've sat on some pretty ugly couches and it's it's special especially ugly so, how would you rate this movie? I would give it three blue roses out of ten red roses. I was going to give it uh, zero Lindsay Lohan twins out of the four Lindsay Lohan twins that exist in the Lohan cinematic universe. Is there only four? Has she played more twins? Did she play a twin in Georgia Roll? No, no. <laughs> I I haven't seen every I, film in the Lohan cinematic universe, but I think she has played. Four I just toys. keep thinking about that um that scene on the Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt when Sonia, the old lady in her GED class, is like, "There's three Olsen twins." And Kimmy's like, what do you mean? And she goes, well, think about it. Two of them had to play one person on Full House. The math adds up. There's a third Olsen twin. <laughs> That's just what's running through my brain right now. Very bad. Very bad. So, you're welcome for dissecting this film for you so you don't have to sit through two full hours of it. I feel like our good friend um, and 2000 pop connoisseur Drew is going to have some words for us about this. Right. I mean, I, I want to end this by saying I love Lindsay Lohan. She is an icon for me. She got me through a lot of stuff, but this movie is not 
one of their I, virtues. I watched The Parent Trap on like repeat one summer when I was like nine. So like, right. we're not coming for Lindsay Lohan, but this was a bad movie, and that's okay. Not every podcast that we career. make is going to be it was great. <laughs> Dylan is a writer. Not everything he writes is great. I'm a historian. Not every piece that I write about history is going to be great. It's okay to have some some flips and some flops. It's okay. What's not okay is... I blame the director. I don't even blame Lindsay. I blame the director. Right. This is just... She was set up to fail from the beginning. Mm-hmm. Poor thing. Is there anything else that you want to add to this? Um... I know you killed me. I know you killed who me. I feel like... See, okay, I, I have to come back to this. You know when Spongebob doesn't make the Krabby Patty right and he goes, I'm Spongebob, do you how do? Because he's like all fucked up. That's what it felt like reading the title card of this There was movie. one part where she says it, right? Where she's like, she, yeah. I know who killed me. Yeah, she says that to the dad and the dad is like... You know when they were writing it, they were like, oh, this is going to really gag them. Yeah. This is really going to serve it to them <laughs> And so, yeah, just, I hope that we have a better movie for you next time. Well, hopefully, maybe Lindsay will venture into the horror world again with some better material. But until then, we love you, Lilo. We are Horror Hags. You can follow us at Horror Hags Pod on Twitter and Instagram. Send us a DM if you want us to watch something, review something. Gotta do our personal plug. We should have a butt plug called the personal plug. I'm teaming that right now. That'll be but our personal on our plug. Merch Dylan set. is at Pug Jamma Party. I am at Lartig. And we're horror hags. Go ahead, uh, rate and subscribe mm-hmm. to us if you like what you heard, and uh, share this podcast with your favorite hag, like I'm sharing this with mine. Till next time, see you guys. Bye.